Thanks for downloading this episode of the Nerdball Podcast. I uh, uh, This episode is brought to you by the comedy show that I'm going to be doing. It's called Giving Thanks. Uh, this Wednesday, November 22nd, 645 at Levi and Lilac. Tickets are $15 a piece. Check out the show notes to how to get tickets through PayPal, um, or you can buy day of, but I don't know if, hopefully, hopefully buy them early. And they are, if you don't, and you don't know until the day of, then hopefully there'll be tickets left. I'll squeeze you in. Give me a text. We'll get you in there. Um, uh, my guest today, uh, sometimes the internet is, it has issues, so there's no video for this one, but it was a great podcast nonetheless. Uh, so if you're watching this on YouTube, there's no video. Uh, you get to just see the giant Nerdball logo for an hour, uh, if that's uh, what you like to see. Uh, but he was great. Coach Jorge Diaz from uh, varsity, the Varsity Girls soccer coach at Perrysburg. Uh, it was great catching up with him. We share a field during, during uh, the fall, the football team and the soccer, girls soccer team. Get to talk to him every once in a while. Real great guy. It was awesome listening to his story. And uh, this was a perfect episode from start to beginning. Um, this is what, what this podcast is for, to, to learn about people, have conversations, and to, to hear what people go through. So thanks thanks to him. Uh, thanks to all of you for always liking, sharing, reviewing, and subscribing to this podcast. Uh, keep it going. Uh, every week we get a few more followers, a few more subscribers. Uh, I got 200 episodes. My 200th episode is coming up for the Nerdball podcast on, on, on Thanksgiving. So, you know, make sure you're subscribing so you don't miss any episodes, especially the 200th, because that was a great one. So, um, again, thanks to Coach Horry Diaz for coming on here. Uh, I, I'm excited for you guys to listen to it and uh, enjoy your Monday. Or, I guess, whatever day you're listening to this on. Hi, my name is Jorge Diaz, and this is the Nerdball Podcast. is the Nerdball Podcast with Lorenzo Melcher. Awesome, Coach. Uh, thanks for, for coming on my podcast this morning. My pleasure. Uh, we've uh, we've seen each other pretty much every fall for the past, I don't know how many falls, uh, but never really talked a lot. So I, I appreciate you coming on here. I look forward to, to this interview. Um, I have uh, a, a question I always ask people at the beginning of the podcast. It's, it's, it's important to me to... Um, that, that I find out about people, like what they do outside of their jobs, because I, I stress a, a work-life balance. So I always ask people what they're nerding out about, something you're really into, if it's a hobby, um, some sort of something you've, you've been into a lot or just recently got into, but something that gets you away from like the daily grind that you can just relax and, and do this thing. Uh, there's two activities uh, that for the last you know, 15 years, I played indoor soccer. And uh, I play with a bunch of friends that are, you know, old, over 30 soccer and uh, just the camaraderie and then just go after uh, our games and go and watch some football or something. You know, that, that, that always takes me away from the daily grind. And lately I have a, a, a few friends that we have play every Thursday uh, some poker. Uh, Texas Hold'em, crazy games, and little things like that that kind of just gets me away from the daily grind. So, so indoor soccer. I'm um, uh, just any sports in general. Now, I'm I'm 38 years old, and I'm terrified to hurt myself and not be able to <laughs> be able to work. What what? Uh, because you've been doing it for so long, I'm assuming you just don't think about it. You just go out there and do it. Well, 
kind of, you know, you always think that, you know, some, there's some people that think that is the World Cup when we play. But the beautiful <laughs> thing about the indoor soccer is that, you know, you play for three or four minutes, make a couple runs, and then there are subs. It's almost like hockey, you know. So, you know, you go out and then they, another one go, comes in. So you don't have to stay for the entire game. And that's a beautiful thing. So for old people like me. <laughs> Yeah, because we, we used to, or, or we still do at, at work. I work for the Metro Parks. On every Wednesday, there's a group of us that would play basketball. And um, for a while, we wouldn't get enough people out there. We'd be running around for a whole hour. And I'm like, man, why are we why are we doing this to ourselves? And after a while, more <laughs> more people started coming. So it was, you know, a little more, get, get a little more breaks and stuff. But but for us, it started as like, all right, we got to, as supervisors, we, we, we sit in front of our computers a lot. So we got to have, it makes some time for us to get up and move every once in a while. Yeah. Lately, uh, uh, also with my family, my wife got into a group of ladies and, and, and people that play pickleball. You oh. know, I, I played tennis when I was young. So uh, pickleball has been a nice little addition to my uh, one of those likes. You know, uh, I'm starting to, to get into a little bit. But, you know, now the winter is coming. I, I don't think I'm going to have too many opportunities. But uh, in the spring, definitely, you know. That will be something that I will kind of just try to schedule once a week or something. <laughs> when you are playing uh, any sport um, outside of what of what you coach, uh, but when you're actually playing, do you find it hard to just be able to just play, or do you are you still trying to like, you know, coach? Win. <laughs> well, that too. But are you still trying to like like coach out there when you're just when you're with your friends and, and with these groups of people doing whatever sport? No, you know what? Uh, um, I, I, once in a while, like in a competitive soccer match or something, if somebody's messing up or something, I, I might direct a little bit. Mm -hmm. But uh, for the most part, I just, you know, just worry about myself and uh, and try to outsmart whatever the opponent and so forth. So I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to practice what I preach when I play in, in any sport, even in pickleball. You know, you know, mm -hmm. I get to some balls that probably. Uh, if I was not as competitive, I would just let them go. But you know, I I, I don't want to lose. <laughs> yeah, that so, that is that competitiveness. You know, exactly. it, it doesn't go away. I remember one time. This was years ago. I, I, I my sister lives in Louisville, and we went down there. I was gonna watch my sisters. They were gonna. There's like this big festival or whatever. But there was a 5K, and my youngest sister signed up with my other sister and but she couldn't make it so they're like hey do you want to do you want to go i was like yeah i can i mean I, I can walk a 5k man i was standing at that start line and the <laughs> national anthem played and i i i took i ran the entire time and the next day i was i was so i i wasn't training for a 5k <laughs> i ran the entire time because I, I was so competitive i just wanted to run and beat these people yes yes <laughs> um so coach uh you like i said you've you've been at perrysburg how long have you been at perrysburg now Coach Since 2009. Okay. All right. Um, before I mean, in the coach, like Perrysburg High School, but here in Perrysburg as a residence since 1999. Okay. All right. And where, um, where were you before that? Where, where'd you grow up? Well, I grew up in Mexico. Uh, my first, you know, 19 years of my life was in, uh, in between Mexico City and Querétaro. Um, I always had the, the dream of coming to the U.S. Uh, and my dad's brother, he's a physician in, in, uh, in Maryland. Okay. One day he invited me to spend Christmas at his house. And I liked it. And I told him that I was playing 
you know, sports in Mexico. And uh, that my dream was to come at one time. And he said, well, go back to Mexico and see what happens. And uh, at that time, I was playing both soccer and uh, football. And uh, there was not a lot of money on soccer at, at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, but he said, hey, if you kick, you know, field goals, you can come over and uh, make it easier for you. So I said, okay, maybe. So I went back to Mexico and um, made a video and uh, he had connections at the University of Maryland uh, through his partner that was the physician. And back then, uh, the uh, head coach for Maryland was Bobby Ross, who later coached Georgia Tech and the Lions and San Diego and so on. Okay, yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, I, I heard back from my uncle say, hey, man, he, he wants you to come. So I, I was excited that uh, that I was asked to to come over here um, and try to play football as a kicker. So I practiced in Mexico, you know, for like about four months before I decided to that I had the opportunity to come and uh, and try out and all the other good stuff. So, but just by my video alone, you know, I said, "Hey, you gotta come over here in in Maryland. We will we'll take you." <laughs> That that's awesome. Yeah, that's uh, especially it's so easy nowadays for kids to get recruited and for coaches to see things and you know. But you had to really work and 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 figure out like, all right, I got to get this camera, I got to set the stuff up, and now I got to send it, and I got to hope it gets there, and they have the right things to watch it, and it, it was a lot of work. So that that's awesome. I, I didn't know that about you. That that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was pretty neat. The hardest part was to put, you know, I, I knew just basic English. I didn't, mm. you know, just like, hi, how are you? You know, so to put uh, a letter together to get, you know, it, it was it was funny because I still have the letter uh, and I read it and I was just like, wow, you know, my English was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, some you know, sometimes if uh, um, you, if they want you to do a certain thing, if it's a certain sport or come to here for this school, they'll, they'll help you and they'll figure that out. And they did apparently. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how it worked out. Well, can, can you explain? Cause, cause I, yeah. um, I'm Mexican and I've been, but I was born here and, and my parents were born mm -hmm. here. My grandparents, um, lived in Mexico. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't have that. Like when you said it was your dream to come to the United States, I've always been here, but, but what is that? What is that pull for you? specifically for you i can't you can't speak to anybody else but what was that pull for you to come, want to come to the united states well i i think it, it all uh, i guess happens because growing up you know uh i was watching you know like i said football and and soccer and, and all over in in different types of the world but football you know that was one of the things that i said wow in the u.s you know um, you know, there, there's a lot of passion for sports and, and, and so forth. In Mexico, it was just about soccer. Mm -hmm. But then, when, like I said, my uncle uh, that lived in Maryland, you know, I saw his house. I saw, you know, that, you know, I saw an opportunity, I guess, if you want to call it that way, uh, for somebody who worked hard that, that, that they can make big money. Uh, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. Um, my dad was in sales and, uh, you know, so sometimes... We had lots of money. Sometimes we didn't. Yeah. But uh, you know, but I said, but they always say, "Hey, man, if you work hard, you know, you can achieve whatever you want." 
And then I remember coming back from my uncle's house visit and I said, that's what I want. I want to come here and uh, make myself a, a living. So that was the pool. And, and, and also my uncle said, look, here you have the opportunity if you work hard, if you do the right things and you come here legally, you know, because that was another thing, you know. You know, he said, well, okay, we'll get you set up a student visa. And so we want to go do the right things. And um, so that's that's what I learned. Yeah, because that's it's a big thing to to leave. Did, did you come? Uh, did you come by yourself? When you oh yeah. And, yeah, and it was it was hard because first the reason it took me also four months is just because uh, uh, I needed to create a little bit of income. You know, my mom and dad, like I mentioned, didn't have a lot of money. Yeah, I said okay, Jorge, maybe you're gonna have uh, to go on a bus, um, and um, but you gotta gather some money, um, just just in the process, just to get yourself going. So uh, I went from Mexico to Laredo, Texas, right in the border uh, on a kind of like a Greyhound type bus. And then from uh, uh, from Laredo, Texas, all the way to Washington, D.C. area. Uh, that's where my uncle used to live, like I said, in Maryland. Mm -hmm. So I came on a on a Greyhound bus. Um, mm. And that was it. And uh, I had a little bit of money just to kind of get me by for a few months. But my uncle talked to me. He said, hey, man, if you get the scholarship, you know, uh, I will. Don't worry about the money. You know, you just you just do what you need to do. Your aunt and I will take care of you. And uh, and, and that's what happened. So they were very nice. So you drive up here, uh, right up here on the Greyhound bus and, and live with your aunt and uncle. And so you you go to school at Maryland. Well, that was the the original intent. So, what happened when I when I was my first practice over there, University of Maryland, uh, on the off season, just ready to register and all the other good stuff. Um, we were doing some drills, and I snapped my Achilles tendon. Oh ruptured. no! So, um, my uncle, being the doctor, like I said, he had friends, and um, I had to have surgery. So uh, talking to the coaches, you know, they said, well, there's a community college right there that you can rehab and, and, and do what you need to do. Uh, like I said, I was not ready to go to Maryland, get a scholarship or anything like that. You know, mm -hmm. they just decided that Montgomery College will be a good place for me to go. Um, and it was very good. You know, junior college in terms of football, they were in the NJAA and competing and all the other good stuff. So I said, okay, at least I, it, it will be better for me since I don't know too much English to get in a smaller place and so forth. So that's what happened. So I rehabbed the whole time, and I, but I was involved with their football team as, uh, you know, just helper, whatever I needed to do to, you know, you know to, to get there. And um, at that time, um, you know, my intention was to go back to Maryland. So I was like, okay, I'll re rehab here. And then, you know, right there is only like about 25 minutes. And that's what the coach, a special teams coach from Maryland, that saw my video and everything, said, hey, mm -hmm. you go there and then we'll keep an eye on you and then we'll bring you back. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's why, you know, that was what it was going to happen. And then the next year when I was ready to go, the but Coach Bobby Ross decided to go to uh, Georgia Tech. So the new coach, um, 
decided that, you know, I might not be the fit that they wanted. But there was another coach, uh, Coach Dave Dolch, that, um, that said, hey, you know, I'm going to be the new head coach at Morningside College in Sioux City, Iowa. Um, and I will take you to a trip over there and, you know, can offer you full ride if you like the whole thing. So for me, that's what would made me go uh, to Morningside College. It's a Division II school in the North Central Conference, playing against teams like North Dakota State, North Dakota, oh. and Colorado, Northern Colorado, and uh, Mankato. So I said, okay, it's still very good football. So, and the school, it was a small and actually was a better fit for me than the big University of Maryland. So, <laughs> wow, that's a. Uh... That first of all, that's as a what 19, 20 year old kid, um, coming to the United States, and then you're like, All right, I'm gonna go to this school, get an injury. All right, now I gotta go to this school. <laughs> now I'm mm-hmm. moving to Iowa. Is that what you said, right? Yeah, Sioux City, Iowa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like a lot for someone who's new to the country. Oh, yeah, and I probably in Sioux City, Iowa, is probably one of the only Mexicans, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Seriously, wow, after, yeah. after getting acquainted with some of the players and so forth, uh, they were mostly, uh, you know, white uh, Americans in, in, in Iowa, in that section of, of, of Iowa. And Coach uh, Dave Dolch uh, brought some diversity t- uh, players from Florida, South Carolina. And, you know, and so it, so it was like a, the first opportunity for me to um, – to see a uh, um, diversity and so forth, so it was it was it was kind of like a learning experience, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I can't imagine like because I know now like I I've never dealt with like you know terrible racism or anything like that, but there's something mm-hmm. inside me that whenever I go somewhere, uh, I always and my wife picked up on it too. She notices I do it, but I always when I go somewhere new. I always look to see if there's someone that looks like me, like, like yes. and, and you kind of just like, look, and you don't even necessarily say something. You just like, if you make eye contact with each other, it's almost like, you know, exactly what the other person's doing. Um, uh-huh. But how, how was that experience like going there for you specifically? Like, Hey, I'm going mm-hmm. to this place. There isn't a lot of diversity. I, you know, I am the diversity. Like, like how was it? I'm, I'm sure there, there was maybe some bumps in the road along the way, but how was it for you? Just a little bit, you know, especially language, you know, um, you know, I had to have uh, like a students help me out with uh, uh, notes, you know, when the teachers were speaking super fast in a biology class. And uh, I used to have a, a friend that let me, um, you know, just copy the notes. Uh, I, I got a, a tape recorder and things like that. So uh, there were some good people that kind of just embrace that hey maybe i'm gonna help this guy out and it took me like about several months for me to get english you know for the most part uh like i said i was building you know sentences and i didn't feel that i was college level until a few months uh, i remember vividly i had a dream in english you know and that's when i knew that i got this thing oh, <laughs> wow so yeah, so that was that was like a, a neat thing, you know, just the, the fact that uh, that uh, I figured that I was getting there. But yes, like along the line, you know, uh, some of my my players, I have a good personality that even if I 
I, I stopped caring whether they understood me or not. Like, for example, the, the word volleyball instead of volleyball, you know, mm -hmm. little, you know, so in Mexico, we don't have like a V and a V different mm -hmm. sounds. And, you know, those little things kind of, um, I had to adapt and the way that I talk and, and some people laugh or some people just you know, understood. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, my, I just remember as a, as a little kid, when I would talk to my grandma, like she, she came over here when she was young, I think she was like in third grade, but she still had an accent. And just as a kid, you, you, when your grandma can't pronounce a certain word, you find it fun because it's like, Oh, this is my grandma. Like she's supposed to know all these things and she doesn't know how to say, say whatever pineapple or whatever it may be you know it's it's a uh, it, but as you get older you realize like yeah it, it, it's fun at, when you're a kid but then you start learning all these things about your family or about you know about you just talking to you and you're like oh man this like like i can't imagine having to take the citizen citizenship test or learn a, a, another language that's very difficult english is a very difficult language to learn and, and to learn all the intricacies about it and and people get upset. It's like when people come over here, it's like, ah, oh, they should learn English, this and that. And I'm like, all right, you try to learn another language right now. Like, it is a hard thing. Well, just just listen. In 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 Spanish, we have five vowel sounds: a, e, i, o, u. Here in the United States, uh, ah, e, uh. You know, there's <laughs> all these different crazy sounds. And then you see, for example, what's the sound of double o? U. Yeah, and then you see the word blood. Yeah, you see what I'm saying. So it's just little yeah. things like that. that you... <laughs> you don't you don't think about it uh, as someone who's who's only speaks English. You don't think about yes. it until you you know read like hey uh, or see these TikToks where they explain these five words that look exactly. like they should rhyme and they don't. I know, <laughs> <laughs> like the word empty. You know, I think I think the TikToks. That's a, Take the Y at the end is still empty. Take the M is still empty. You know, all little <laughs> things like that. <laughs> That's fun. Um, so you, you spend. Um, were you at Were you at Montgomery College for two years or just one year? Uh, a year and a half because, like I said, um, the first year was just rehab, and then I played Montgomery College, um, and um, we went to. I guess the they have like a the sophomore is like their senior ball, you know, all star game, okay. and that's when that's when Coach Dolch, you know, went to that game and took me all the way to to Iowa in Iowa, uh, and Morningside College. Um, I had two and a half years of eligibility, you know, so I played them all. Okay, uh, and where were you going to school for when you when you went to to Iowa? Uh, business. Um, I wanted to go business and economics. Um, I wanted to to be some you know, either manager or uh, in sales or marketing. Those were the three things that kind of always have had uh, a little bit of interest. And uh, so I ended up graduating with um, with a double major in business and economics. Double major. That's man. That's awesome. That's I. It's a, uh, hey, it's very impressive for someone who went to school for four years to get my two-year degree. Uh, I had to work full time, and it was terrible, and I didn't like school. And I always feel <laughs> feel like, oh man, this guy who came over here barely uh, was learning English was able to double major. Uh, that's a lot. So I, I, that congratulations because that's that's not an easy thing to do. 
Thank you. Like I said, if you just kind of stay with me from the beginning, then you have to work hard. And that was one of the reasons I said I knew that I was with a student visa. So I wanted to have good grades in case that um, I had the opportunity to stay here and work. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so that was the other motivation. Otherwise, I had to go back to Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Did uh did you stay after you graduated? Did you stay in Iowa? So um, that was my intention. One of the, um, I guess, one of the teachers uh, from Iowa, his son had a company at that time was, I don't know if you remember Gateway Computers. Or yeah, Gateway, yeah. Yeah, Gateway 2000, whatever, Gateway. So yeah, the, the, right box, in, the, the box that looked like a cow. Like a cow, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so so they started the company, you know, so um, so there was an opportunity for me to, to work as an inside sales if I wanted to. And at that time, like I said, I was only student visa and they were not going to be able to to help me out unless I, I kind of just, I don't know, get a green card or whatever uh -huh. so my uncle in maryland said hey you know just come back here we'll figure it out and if if you need to uh go to you know to get a green card whatever we'll help you so that's that's kind of what i did i went back to maryland uh to get my my life together and uh, at that time i said well i need a job you know so um i applied to this company called uh Bodan Associates is uh, the owner was Ukrainian, and um, and he let me be in sales and said we'll we'll figure it out. And I said, what do you mean we'll figure it out? Well, we'll figure <laughs> it out. So come to find out later on, um, after me being working there for like about three months, he's called me up and he said, hey, you know. Uh, I came from Ukraine and somebody helped me and I'm going to help you. So, you know, he was the one that sponsored me, I guess, to, oh. to be able to, to get a, uh, uh, an opportunity to get a work permit. And you know, so that was, that was what I, what I did. And I stayed working with that company for a while before changing industry, but you know, he was instrumental in my uncle, you know, because he also was my, like my guardian, like if something were to go wrong, he would, he will be my financial benefactor or whatever. So, you know, God opened up opportunities for me to stay. So that's why my little American dream became a little bit more stronger. <laughs> yeah. That, and you know, that, that always helps. Um, I want to go back real quick. You, you talked about uh, potentially working for that, the people with gateway computers. Did you say uh -huh. those are the, those are the people that started the gateway? Oh Yeah. Yeah, you know, they're right there from Morningside College, you know, uh, it, in, it all started in one of the uh, business classes that, you know, they, they, they decided to create this company concept of putting a computer all together. And mm -hmm. since they're in the middle of nowhere, you know, to have a, a box <laughs> in a cab. Yeah, it was close to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So it's like right, right in the border, you know, uh, between Iowa and, and South Dakota. And um, they got a little grant from somebody and they started. There's the brothers and uh, and a lot of people from like school after graduation, they had openings for them, you know, they're in sales or management or whatever. So do you ever think about if you would have been able to work for them? 
Uh, at, at one point in time, yes. You know, but at the same time, honestly, you know, I, I love the opportunity that I got at Sioux City, Iowa, but that's that was not my style. Uh. You know, I didn't want to be, like I said, you know, there was not a lot of, uh, if you want to call it diversity. It was not mm -hmm. something that I felt like that's home for me. In Maryland, you know, I really, you know, like the, not only the diversity, but it was just kind of more, you had the, the ocean and, you know, Ocean City, you know, you, you had uh, uh, the mountains close in West Virginia, you know, you, you had the weather for the old four seasons. So I kind of liked it a little bit more in Maryland. <laughs> yeah, that, that always, you know, again, it, it makes you more comfortable. So if, if you, if you are more comfortable somewhere, I feel like you're you're more able to thrive in that environment. Correct. Yeah. So when you you return to Maryland and you said with this with this company, are you doing sales with this company? Oh yeah, I was doing inside sales and then a little bit of outside sales and uh, uh, kind of make my way to you know building up. They start to get the four hundred one k's and so forth. Um, but at that time, I also met. Uh, another friend who was in the pharmaceutical industry in sales and calling on doctors. And I always felt that I might want to go that route. However, you know, I didn't feel very comfortable, you know, knowledge in terms of science and, you know, be selling medications and doctors that are way smarter than me and so forth. <laughs> so I kind of shied away. Uh, so, but that couple of years of experience of technical sales at the uh, computer company, allow me to make a transition. My friend said, hey, you know, I'm being promoted to a specialty rep. They're going to open my territory, which is where where you live. I used to live close to Frederick, Maryland, and uh, Gaithersburg, Maryland, you know, so close by Washington, D.C. area, and their territory was a little bit uh, in between Maryland and Baltimore and so on. So, okay. I interviewed, and, um, and I got the job, and pharmaceutical sales and that's what i did for seven years before coming here to the you know to this side of town <laughs> you know you you talk about you know all these opportunities that that you're able to to get and the i think people have to understand too yes you, you were able to get these opportunities because of this person or that person but also because of who you are if you if you were a negative person or if you didn't work hard or if you you know treated people poorly like those regardless of who you knew those opportunities wouldn't be available to you of course i think any time in any level of thing you might know somebody and it's good to know somebody just to open the door mm -hmm. it's up to you to go ahead and take advantage of the opportunity presented to you and that's how i saw it you know if this person took a chance on me i'm not gonna disappoint them and you know and I've used that on, you know, for anything, you know, just to open doors for either friends or family or whatever. I say, hey, yeah, I know somebody that might be able mm -hmm. to use you or, hey, I know somebody that you know, might give you a job. And so, and, you know, so that's where I, I will put my myself in that situation. And then it's up to you to, to make it count. So, yeah, that's, you know, working for the Metro Parks, I've had a couple of people come through where, you know, I've hired a couple, I used to coach junior high track and I hired uh, a girl that, um, I coached in junior high and then she ended mm -hmm. up, she ended up, you know, working for me while she was in high school still, and then went to college and ended up working at one of our Metro parks. And, you know, those, it's the same thing. Like, yeah, I, you know, I want to, 
I want to help you because I know you're going to do a good job and you're going to benefit us as well. And, you know, that's, I try to teach the football players I coach or even, you know, younger kids when, when I would coach in junior high, like it's all, it's all you, like you, you, you don't have to have the best personality, but you just got to be a good person and you got to treat people yeah. well and, you know, just basic stuff. And you'll be surprised how far these basic things can, can take you. Oh yeah. And it's a great opportunity builder for them as well. You know, when you take a chance and then, they might fail or whatever it is, but at the same time, you know, then, then me, I, I normally try to say, Hey, you know, if I kind of trust you, that's when I put my, my neck for you. But yeah. you know, if I don't, you know, then I, I might, I might just say, okay, yeah. If I hear something, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I said that. I said that before too. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so after after doing medical sales for a while, you said you, you moved up to Perrysburg. What uh, what brought you up here? Medical sales, yeah, my company. Again? Uh, oh, okay. And my wife, and my wife, uh, my wife. We met in Maryland, but she, her family was from Ohio. And at that time, uh, I was being asked to move to headquarters of the company was AstraZeneca uh, back in the days, um, and. And I really didn't like the, the uh, corporate headquarter environment. I like to be more in the sales side. So um, they had opportunities in Dayton, Pittsburgh, and Toledo. And my company flew me over here to the Toledo area. And um, I kind of like it that I went around 475 within you know 25 minutes uh, mm -hmm. back in the day. And when I was in Maryland, oh my God, traffic was incredibly I'm awful, sure. you know, you know, DC and, you know, so I love the fact that we can go around 475 and, you know, in a short period of time. Um, so my wife's family was from either Cleveland, Worcester or Columbus. So it was perfectly, you know, I guess center, a couple of hours each side or whatever. So we were dating at that time and we were about to get married. Uh, actually we bought a house in, in Maryland, but this company that I was working for said, Hey, we buy your house and then we set you up over here. Oh, so it was a nice, nice little move for me at that time. And, uh, we didn't even move to the house that we bought, oh. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it was just yeah. Weird. yeah. So then we got married in uh, Rocky river, uh, Cleveland with where her grandparents lived and their church and so forth. And, and at that time I moved first here and then she moved right after because she was working in Maryland. And, uh, and I told her once, once we move, you don't have to work if you don't want to for now, but you know, she found uh, a job later. So, so it was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, again, just these things, I've been around this in Northwest Ohio my entire life. I grew up in Toledo, and I moved to Perrysburg when I was a freshman. And then for a few years, I moved back to Toledo with my my wife. And then we made our way back to Perrysburg. So I've only been here. And, you know, part of me would like to experience other places and do other things. But now now that I have children here and, and my, my grandparents are here, or my, I'm sorry, my parents are here, my kids' grandparents, my in-laws live three houses down, like, this is, this is where we're going to be for a while. And, you know, just to, to hear you like say, you know, I moved to this place and then moved to this place. And <laughs> it, it, it seems like a lot. And it's terrifying to me because I don't like, I don't like moving jobs, you know, because yeah. like, it's all new and you're just moving, moving to States. 
Well, I I think that that big move was, I guess, you know, because my wife was from the Ohio area. So I just felt that uh, we needed to be close to family in case that we start having family, blah, blah. So I, I can empathize tremendously with you right now. Uh, like about, I don't know, eight, eight or nine years ago, I had an opportunity after leaving the pharmaceutical industry to go somewhere else. But uh, my kids, you know, I live across from four MIGs. So, you know, they walk to school. We have a park. We have soccer. You know, it, it, we have it all together here across from my house. Uh, we got here, like I said, in 1999. And uh, we said, oh, this is going to be our five-year house. And then we'll, we'll decide to do something else. And we've been here ever since. We love this house. We love this location. You know, it might be a little old house, but uh, it is a house that has, you know, has lots of me memories here, you know, with the kids. So, yes, I, I can understand why you would say, you know, your family's here, why you want to relocate them, you know, mm -hmm. if they're sitting, you know, around. So, yeah. And I, <laughs> I was talking to somebody yesterday. I, like, I kind of hope. At some point, we have two kids. At some point, one of them moved somewhere. So we have, we have something like, hey, let's go there. <laughs> yeah, and that might happen to Yeah, my daughter, Elizabeth, she's at Bowling Green right now. And uh, she's a junior there. Um, I think her next year, she's considering going to Texas for, uh, you know, I guess like an in-service or I don't know what do you want to call it. But uh, it's, a, it's a whole semester thing. So you never know where she's going to end up. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um. So how long, a uh, couple questions. So, well, I guess it was 10 years. You started coaching at 2009 before, uh -huh. before you were at, at the high school, were you, were you, I'm assuming you were involved in coaching, you know, your, maybe your kids or just small, small. No. So, so when I got here was, you know, back in 2004, uh, I was invited to coach one of my friends, uh, Nick Camp, some of his daughters, uh, right here across the street in Perrysburg Soccer Club. Okay. So, so they were like 12, 13 at that time. And uh, and then the, Jude Perino was the coach at uh, Perrysburg um, High School Girls. And she was also involved with the club. And she said, hey, you want to become a full-time coach? We need people that know the sport. And I said, well, just let me let me start with the little ones so that I can teach them, you know, the basics. So they gave me a U18 <laughs> you know of, of <laughs> girls so uh i coached for a couple years at the clubs um you know and then um, my friend I started making friends through soccer i played with the older guys you know he was going to become the director of pace center and he was coaching in Ottawa hills and he said hey jorge you know come help me out and uh we both be co-head coaches and you know, you help me out when I have to be doing other stuff and I can help you out. At that time, I was still in pharmaceutical sales. So my, my mm. schedule was a little bit flexible to do that. So I coached Ottawa Hills. That was my first high school experience. I told him, I said, I never coached high school. I just coached club. He said, don't worry about, it. you know, a lot about soccer. So come over here and help me out. So, so we were, you know, um, both. In 2007, 2008, I coached with them. In 2008, we were fortunate enough to go state. We had a great group of kids. We won state at the Division three level. Wow. And uh, everything was set enough for me to kind of just stay in Ottawa Hills. But my wife, we were, you know, our kids were very little. I said, hey, I need you around here. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah. and, and wife always rules. And at that time, I think uh, <laughs> Coach Murphy 
I saw an ad that they were looking for an assistant coach at the um, uh, Perrysburg High School girls, and and I knew the whole group of girls coming in from from the club. So I asked um, Ray Pullman was the mm-hmm. the um, athletic director, and um, and he said, "Hey, yeah, come over and help him out." So so I became an assistant um, in two thousand nine after Ottawa Hills in 2010 and then became head coach in 2011. Was that when you started coaching was, was, was being a head coach, like something you knew you wanted to do being a head coach of a varsity program? Yeah. Oh, the beautiful experience that I had at Ottawa Hills. That was something that kind of just said, wow, this is what I need to be. And boys are different than girls in terms of my ability to relate to them. For the boys, I learned that they respect somebody that have played the game and that, uh, you know, so in practices, I play with them and I, I ran sprints with them. So they got a, a, an appreciation that I that I, that I knew what I was doing. Yeah. So, and, and then for the girls, the fact that I had the opportunity to have gone to states and I have coach and club and they have seen me, you know, then, you know, uh, I guess the credibility was there. So so it was easier. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, so I coached girls freshman basketball for the first time last year, mm-hmm. and I'm doing it again this year, just a volunteer basis, cool. few few days a week. But uh, one big thing that I noticed is it was and it, maybe it was just this particular group of girls, but it was hard. Um, it was I had to work to coach them. Like they didn't just like let me be their coach. They're like, all right, let's yeah. let's see, let's you know, let's. It wasn't like on. I don't think it was on purpose, but it was just like, mm-hmm. all right, well, we don't know this guy. He's new. He's a football coach. What does he know about basketball? Like all these things, exactly. and it, it made me a better coach because I had to, I had to work really hard to yeah, get you them have to prepare. To, yeah. yeah, yeah, and and I had to, I had to show them either through just talking to them or show actually showing them things and to say like, all right, well, okay, he's good. Yeah, let's let's let him let's let him be a coach. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was fun though. It was a good experience, and I, well, it was good enough where I'm doing it again this year. Um, so you you actually head- you will have some of my soccer players. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have. Uh, this group was uh, is a lot different than last group. This group was was pretty open to me being there. Maybe it's because I already coached a year, uh, uh-huh. but I got it. I got it pretty quickly with, with this group, and it's it's fun. I mean, it, it's always fun coaching, as you know. Uh, but just to, to mix up sports and even mix up, you know, gender, it, it, it keeps you on your toes as a coach. Oh, yeah. Back on my 2012 team, when we went to States, um, well, probably like three or four starters were on the uh, soccer team and the basketball team at the same time. Basketball and soccer, they they work together, uh, at least in, at the high school level, because, you know, Coach Sims, you know, and I, we have said, hey, okay, you know, respect. They finish the season and then they will be yours and so on. So it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's not a conflict. Um, they do both sports very well. Maddie Williams back back in the day, you know, uh, was super soccer related, and then you know basketball. She was you know a figure there as well in Paris for so. Yeah, yeah. That that is when you guys make your deep runs. It is like I pay attention to like oh this varsity basketball game got canceled. Oh, this varsity game got moved because, <laughs> you know, because you're right. You guys have a good relationship where you're like, yeah, fin- finish your thing. Like, go get a state championship, and then we'll basketball will be here when you get back, you know. Exactly. <laughs> uh, 
I, I want to talk about that too. So, so making, making these, I mean, you're, you're a great coach. You, you have, you've had great teams since, since you've been there um, making these deep state runs. What does that do? What do you think that does to your program? Well, it's a good thing. And it's also a bad thing. And the very good thing is that you are always going to attract uh, the players that are living in this community to stay in the community as opposed to going to Sinersola or Notre Dame or so mm -hmm. on. And uh, so, so that in itself, I don't have to be recruiting the kids or keeping them to stay. You know, I think that if they want to play here, hopefully they know that the tradition that we have established is good enough for them to, to, uh, to them to consider us. And, you know, like I said, if they're going to play for me or our program, they got to choose. I'm not going to beg. <laughs> you see what yeah. I'm saying? So, yes. Yeah. And so that, that was, that's the principle. And we have earned that, you know, if, if we were a struggling program, of course, I would be out there trying to kind of make sure that the athletes stay here. Mm -hmm. And um, at one point in time on the boys, I was difficult, you know, a, a few years back, the boys, eight of the best players for St. Francis were perishable kids and they were strong. really, you know, yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't want that to happen on the girls' side, and and it hasn't happened. We lost a couple of girls here and there, but at the same time, we have lots of talent. That um, that that's one of the things that I love about this community. I think another successful thing has been my ability to, since I coach club, um, you know, I understand which players are out there and what they've done. Um, for example, I knew that this class of 2008 and 2009 was coming. I used to coach them when they were U7, U8 in clubs. So mm -hmm. um, they had the good foundations and so forth. And they have been successful on the club side. So I said, okay, when we get them all together with the senior leadership that we currently have, and, you know, because they also play well, Avery and Ashland, that we're yeah. going to have a tremendous team. So you kind of know ahead of time, you know, if you're going to be very, very good or, or, or just good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, yeah we we as you know football coaches we we pay attention sure. to that too like all right well this class has a bunch of athletes and then right behind it you know they they don't have athletes or they're they have a lot of good offensive linemen so you know as you're thinking for the future you're trying to piece it together knowing that you know it may not work depending on how they do at the varsity level but this is you have some sort of baseline set going into it yeah yeah yeah. And I think one of the things that we earned uh, over the years is like, you know, I work very well with you guys, the football, mm -hmm. you know, but hey, you need 20 yards, I need 30 yards or whatever. You know, in other school, you know, football gets to share stuff with girls soccer. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? But I yes. think we, you know, we earn our, our, you know, our keep because we have had a successful program and we're willing also to work with other programs. And that's, that has been a good thing to see at our, our, our level. So, yeah, it, I, I appreciate that too, because um, I know, I know like if we need an extra five yards, you'll give it to us. And if you need something, we have, everyone has a relationship. We're like, Hey, can we get a little bit more for the next 20 minutes or whatever, you know? And, and I, I do appreciate that because mm -hmm. going out there uh, and again, that, that's a testament to you and Coach Connor having a relationship where if you guys didn't like each other, then it would be terrible. Every every day we'd go out there, it'd be awful. But knowing you guys have a good relationship and you guys are willing to work together and, you know, we are being able to share the field. Because you're right, where there probably isn't a lot of schools where, like, where, where football and girls soccer are on the field at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying, you know. But I think if, if we were a soccer program, I think that okay, you guys go over there to Green Acres every day. 
<laughs> go in the grass. Go play. <laughs> uh, what what are obviously the state championships are are up there are you know mm-hmm. top of the line because that's that's what you want. You want to be in a state championship or the final four and all that stuff. And that's what I remember too. Do you remember your something specific um, that played into winning a state championship? If it's at Perrysburg or if it's at Ottawa Hills, is there something specific, something you can point to that says this is this is a reason why we were able to, to win a state? Well, I think, like I was telling you earlier, it's just I kind of knew that, that these players were coming together. And, and sometimes, you know, you, you have a tremendous star, only one player and everything revolves around that player and uh it it, it I, even though Matt, for example maddie williams maddie williams was the best player coming out of uh perrysburg mm-hmm. uh and, and, and she of course you know helped us get there but the way that she did it unselfish and uh, she wanted to make her teams better, the team better. She was a great leader, and people respected her. Uh, she was always practicing uh, outside of practice times, running across the street, and you know, doing the right things, getting up at five thirty, six o'clock, and being in the YMCA, running. Yeah. So, so she did a lot of things that the kids noticed that uh, that he meant a lot for her. And uh, as a result, they gathered around and. Uh, and, you know, they don't want to be the, the person that is not going to uh, allow her to get to her championship. So that's kind of how how that team was in 2012. And uh, and then the kids that they were coming, I, I had three freshmen. I had uh, four sophomores. And, you know, so we had younger players that I knew that if I put them in the right roles, I guess, uh, they will complement Maddie because the, the leadership, you know, was there and the good savvy was there. We had a tremendous core of people, you know, through the middle. Uh, we had a great goalie. However, you know, she was hurt, but I knew I had, we had another two goalies. So so we had a lot of uh, depth in the key positions and that enables us to to get where we need to be. If you ask me that we were going to be in defeat, undefeated, you know, 2012, I would say no. I thought that we were going to be a very good team, but uh, we accomplished, you know, tremendous record in there. You know, we 24 games with zero losses. You know, that's that's unbelievable, and uh, we only allowed very few goals. So, so that's that's it was a great group to coach, and I, like I said, I saw that coming. And you always need one or two, uh, like say, great people. Um, you know, in the 2017 team that we went to state, you know, Christina DeMarco and Eddie Graham you know, on, on the front side. But we also had a, a, a great keeper with Lily. So so you have to have some pieces and then, you know, a lot of great role players that uh, they put sometimes um, self behind, you know, in order to to do team. So. Well, obviously, with the the great teams you've had in the past, you know, decade comes attention, right? You get attention from schools for the girls mm-hmm. um, that can get yeah. scholarships and, you know, go to any, any amount of school, if they division, di- any amount of the levels of school they want to go to. And, and um, obviously for the team, that's great, but has there been opportunities for you to, to that you had to think about like, Hey, there's someone's asking you to be a coach of another team somewhere. Well, it was in the 2012, um, when um, Mr. Christie was the athletic director at BG, 
is you. You know, he asked me, is it this a non-traditional thing for him? But I think that, uh, you know, what you have established here um, can translate into coaching college. Um, so I really thought about it for a little bit. I, I went and interview. I didn't get the job, but at the same time, um, not because of my um, knowledge of the game or anything like that. It's just I just didn't have certain licenses and so forth. So, uh -huh. and I didn't know if I wanted to put the time to do all that, you know, licenses to be at a license, you know, when I was only at D and, or national D. So those are little things that kind of, there was a lot of stuff. And I said, look, my, my passion is to, to, you know, the kids, the young kids, you know, but I did, you know, what I turned into was to try the, the ability to help my kids, you know, to get into college. So, I asked the kids ahead of time, you know, is college soccer something that you're seeking or not? Some players, they definitely know. Some mm -hmm. people are already burned out by the time they, they <laughs> finish the, the high school career from, you know, tournaments, playing club and this and that. And and, and some people do have the passion like Maddie and, um, you know, Jerry Shusinski, Lucy Walton. So they end up going to um, D1 type school. So I'm able to, to help them out. And um, you know, like I said, we have had a successful program that, you know, a lot of players have gone through college, uh, Ohio University, and, you know, so good Mac schools, BG, and, and so on. So so this does need to see. Yeah, that, that's always my favorite, too, especially if they want to do that stuff and want to go on and play. And, and you know, is obviously it's mostly them because of their play on the field. But, you know, I try to be like, yeah, you know, I – whatever I can do to help this, whatever percentage help I can give to this student athlete that wants to continue playing, you know, is, is it's a good feeling to have. Mm -hmm. Um, So how do you, cause you have your son that plays at Perrysburg right now yes. um, or did, um, mm -hmm. how, how did you balance coaching and be able to watch him? Because for me, if my son decides to play football, I'm, I'm a coach and I can watch him play football. Uh, but you, you're, you're coaching, you know, uh, the girls as your son's playing on the other team. Like, how, where's the balance and how much are you able to to watch him? Well, uh, and, and that was one that was important thing on the first uh, year. Uh, he, he made varsity as a freshman. And uh, the beautiful thing about the soccer schedule is that the boys play on Tuesday, Thursdays and the girls on Wednesday, Mondays. So I always saw his games when we have oh. conflict have been on Saturdays, you know, that, you know, we're traveling somewhere and he's traveling to somewhere else. But um, the majority, like 80 percent of their schedules are uh, you know, balanced very well with the girls side. Uh, and then the practice schedule for them are a little bit later. So mm -hmm. once in a while, I get a chance to kind of go to their practices just uh, as a dad and just relax and, and, and relax. Um, but, yes, he was. On the off season is when I, you know, definitely have spent more opportunities with my son. You know, he plays for Paysetter Club, and uh, they they have a very big traveling schedule. We used to go to South Carolina, Arizona, and wow, Indiana, and so forth. So yeah, so not only a little expensive, but at the same time, you know, <laughs> but it gave me good good weekends with him. Sometimes it was Dad and and Alex, and sometimes Jenny, my wife. Um, my daughter and, and going to see Alex. So, so we had some good family time. So I've grown to have good friends, parents, friends from 
uh, Alex's team that uh, we get together and so on. So, so that's a good thing too. When uh, I'm sure there was some point where uh, Alex stopped, uh, or maybe he still does it, where he asks you like, "Hey, what could I have done better?" Because you're a coach, and for you, I'm sure there's points where you're like, "Man, I want to tell him some stuff, but but now is not the time." Well, I think when he was a little bit younger, I think right now. Right now, I uh, I watch his game, and I just encourage him. You know, mm -hmm. that's one of the things. My role is to be an encourager. It's okay. Keep working on it. You know, I, I really uh, just like to watch him play. You know, um, earlier on, I said, you know, you could have seen this, you could have seen that, whatever, like that, just to kind of build his, you know, I guess, tactical awareness and stuff like that. But uh, these couple years, I'm just being a dad and I'm enjoying, you know, if they lose, I feel it. If they win, I feel it, you know, so it's more like a, like a fan uh, of him or his team. Of course, I want him to do well. Don't disappoint. I want him to accomplish his goals and all the other good stuff. So once in a while, my, my questions to him at the end is, you know, I'm proud of you. You know, I, I always tell him, you know, you, you did a great job. And then if he wants to share, then he shares. You know, and you know, I, I, I've seen kids, you know, over the course of the years where you know, I don't know, they get destroyed, <laughs> you know, by their parents' comments and so forth, you know, and they don't play with, with kind of just ease and grace and so forth, just because they're thinking, oh, I just made a mistake, um, you know, so they're go negative on them so i didn't want that to happen to my son so yeah that's right i, I mean like you said being and being a coach for so long you see all sorts of parents and you kind of sure. learn like hey this is this is what the majority feel when when you hear those things or whatever but i, I do the same thing like I, i read somewhere too like uh when when my kids play a sport and they play a game or whatever uh i read that as, as much as you want to tell them things and, and help them just give give them at least a day because before you start interjecting like oh i think if you would have done this or work on this or whatever because at least they have a day of if they won they're happy if they're lost and they're sad they can just be in themselves for a little bit and you can be consoling them or be happy with them and and then and then if they want to the next day you can say like yeah like here's some things that you know everyone's everyone's more level-headed the day after yes i i think <laughs> You know, I'm fortunate that I don't coach him, but I, I had the privilege to coach my daughter. And, and and that was hard for me, but also was a good learning experience because I have always played the players that that earn, the, the players that are the best. I'm going to put them in there regardless of the class. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember my daughter, um, on her sophomore year, uh, she didn't make varsity and it was tough to live with her a little bit <laughs> just because she wanted <laughs> make varsity but you know she needed a little extra year to get under her belt and i wanted to see her character as well mm -hmm. yeah to see if she was going to take this as an opportunity to get better or just whatever and you know she responded and uh, she earned varsity in her junior junior and senior year so well good yeah um well be before we go i do want to say you know obviously um, you have you built a great program. Uh, again, it's it's fun to to see out there, see you out there on the field every day and talking to you. And um, thank you. And you know, congratulations on being coach of the year too. That's uh, I, well, they got two coach of the years, right? One for the league and one for 
uh, the state. The, the state, yeah. So congratulations on that. That's awesome. Thank you, my friend. Um, and uh, again, thank you for coming on here. Uh, I, I wanted to talk to you because you know it's, it's it, it probably seems funny to other people, but I enjoy talking to um other mexican people that you know even though i never you know i was born in the united states but there's just something there and i enjoy like learning more about that because i i had the little bit of culture i had from my parents and my grandparents is i had what i had uh, but i enjoy you know talking to other people and hearing their experiences too because i didn't have those experiences because i didn't have to my you know my we were already here anytime Anytime. I'd be glad to, you know, I, I was fortunate enough that half my life was in Mexico and half my life here. And I still go back to Mexico and um, I still have my cravings. And little by little, you know, for the last few years, uh, availability of some of the spices and foods and stuff that I grew up are available here in the Toledo area. And it's uh, markets and Marcos. They have yeah. a little bit of our, the candies and the tacos and all the other stuff. The food trucks that are that are out there there's a lot of their closeness to what i grew up with so so it is pretty cool to see <laughs> yeah I, I i work downtown so i i just went to san marcos to eat lunch there the other day but i always buy when my grandma was was live i'd buy her the breads and candies yes. and stuff there yeah. because she would she likes it my mom likes those candied yams um, yes <laughs> uh, so, so i always buy those too for my mom so uh awesome. thanks thanks again coach uh, i really appreciate you appreciate you coming on here I appreciate it. Thank you for having me and uh, a lot of success in your podcast. Thank you. Thanks again to Coach Jorge Diaz for coming on the podcast today. Um, afterward, he asked, like, I don't know if that was the direction you wanted to go to. That was the perfect Nerdball podcast. Um, start to beginning, told us his life story, and it was awesome. It's, it's fantastic. And to, to hear what people have to go through to become citizens here in the United States or just to, I mean, he moved here when he was 19 by himself. You know, he, he moved in with his aunt and uncle. And just to, to learn how he got that, the, the pull to the United States, um, you know, his different jobs, almost working for Gateway Computers, and then and then becoming a coach, winning a couple state titles, one in Ottawa Hills and, and Perrysburg. Um, it, it was great, great hearing from him and, and hearing about his life story. Uh, well, uh, again, th thanks to Coach Jorge Diaz for doing that. Thanks uh, Again, thanks to all of you for downloading, sharing, subscribing. Again, don't forget about the comedy show this Wednesday evening, 645 at Levi and Lilac. Uh, it's going to be a great night. It'll be an early night. It's an early start to your the popular bar night. So come start it with us and then mosey on and hopefully stay at Levi and Lilac. Enjoy some bourbon eat some burgers. They got some real good burgers there. So check that out. It's produced by the Nerdball Podcast and Real JP Multimedia. So uh, thanks to them for doing that. Uh, again, look in the show notes for ticket information. Uh, 200 is next, and I'm excited for the guests for that. Uh, so that will be out Thanksgiving morning. So what better way to celebrate Thanksgiving than downloading the 200th episode of the Nerdball Podcast? Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I look it's so exciting and you know the guests leading up to it and the guests after it are going to be great and this is two, it, 200 is the next one and and uh thanks to all of you for for providing those downloads for to, to help me keep going so that's it uh enjoy your monday and i look i look forward to seeing you at the comedy show as always thanks to real jp multimedia cuttlefish graphics 
Perrysburg Junior High STEM Lab and Big Daddy Graphics for always helping out the podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.